Just a quick warning before we start the show. This episode contains some descriptions of violence and may not be suitable for everyone. kind of like courtyard situation um with my dad it wasn't my real life dad though it was like a fictional dad and I was a different was kind of a different person and it kind of had the sense that we were like on holiday somewhere like not like really far away from home like we were still in our country but we were like away for a weekend or something like that um, and so we were in this sort of opening out front of the place that we were staying in, which was like kind of like a cabin house and there were a number of them around. So it was like not a resort exactly, but like some sort of a, you know, place where lots of people could stay. And there was a pool, um, but it was also like really grassy, like it was almost like like in like a dirty dancing sort of scenario um, where it was like wide open spaces. And there was this clearing. My dad and I were walking towards the, the, the abode, like the house that we were staying in. He was a little bit ahead of me and a little bit to the right. And I could see in this clearing in front of him between our house and the next one over to the right, I could see these men coming towards us and there were maybe, there was definitely one coming who was coming closest, but there were more behind him and they had guns. And the first man who was approaching us kept yelling at us, he kept yelling at us to get, to get down or to, to run, to get away, because they were going to kill us. And then the guy behind him caught up and shot my dad. My dad fell. And I was sort of, this was like a, a long segment of the dream. I was caught in this like, what do I do sort of mentality. And it was like a split second in reality, but it felt like a really long time because I was like, do I try and help my dad? Do I try and run for the, for the house? Um, but that didn't seem realistic because there was no there wasn't enough time for me to get to the house. Like, surely they were going to see me. And so then eventually I just decided to, like, to lay down and try and just lay low and remain unseen. And at this point it was very clear that my dad was dead, and so I, you know, that was kind of gone by the wayside trying to help him, and I was just trying to survive. And then it cut, um... And somehow I was back inside. And up there were my mom and my three younger sisters. And in real life, I don't have sisters. So this was like an entirely different family. And there seemed to be sort of a, an age gap between me and the younger sisters. Like I was, I don't know, maybe like a late teenager. And they were between the ages of like eight and 10, I would guess. Like they were quite, quite young. 
And they were these three, like, blonde-haired little things who kind of all looked the same and talked the same and sort of matched. Um, and then my mom was there as well. And there was sort of a panic because there was all of this still going on outside. Like, it was almost like like militia were coming in or, like, revolutionaries of some sort, and they were, like, taking over. So there was still, like, a lot of pandemonium outside, um, and we were trying to figure out what to do and how to either hide or escape or, you know, save ourselves. And then it became clear that outside they had rounded up um, all of the all of the young girls who were staying there, and they had gotten them all in the pool, and they were like, there were lots and lots of men by this point, and they were like drowning all of the girls in the pool. And so there was like serious concern in the house about like our well being because we were all women. And particularly for the young girls, we were really, really worried because they seemed to be targeting that population. And so out in the pool, it was like, they were, it was almost like a weird, like ritualistic thing where there was like one man to one girl, but they had them kind of in a circle so that the girls were in the middle, like in like a sort of like a, at the core of the circle. And then the men were like further spread out in a larger circle around them. And they were like, somehow holding these girls by the feet and then like all of their heads were in the middle and they were they were drowning them like it was really you know really intense and really disturbing so we were trying to figure out how to get away and then it seemed like a lot of time elapsed like um a number of days almost because we were doing things up in this we were on like the second floor of this house and we were doing things like eating grapefruit and cereal and like reading the newspaper and somehow we had gotten like that day's newspaper which was reporting on the happenings which were happening like literally right outside our window like in this so it was kind of it didn't really match up um and it almost had this sort of like, I don't know, like Anne Frank house um, vibe where we were like, we were trying to hide and be really quiet and not be detected. And then um, the three, my three younger sisters started like getting a bit unruly. Like they weren't being that careful about the volume of their voices and they were, you know, just playing and like sort of laughing and stuff and it got to a point where I was so agitated and I felt like nobody else was taking responsibility for the situation and so I out of anger and out of like concern for their well-being I like slapped each of them in the face so that they would understand like the gravity of the situation and then they then they quieted down and then Kind of that's where the dream ended. Yeah, I think I I felt like a different person a little bit because my family was different and because I was clearly in a different country and a different life, but I still felt like at my core I was kind of 
who I am. I don't know how I how I was able to escape getting shot at that first in that first scene because very quickly my dad was killed and I feel like I just escaped by like some grace of God, you know, it was just like a stroke of luck when I realized that my dad was like hit and down and eventually realized that he was dead. Like I didn't fully have, I mean, I didn't have time to sit with that and process it because I was still so much in fight or flight mode myself, but there was a definite sense of like shock and loss and just like devastation. So when my mom was panicking in the dream, she sort of, she was being fairly flighty. Like, I feel like she was just in shock and sort of in chaos herself. Like, she wasn't really being that effective with any, with any of her intentions. Um, and that's why I felt like I had to step up and, like, get the girls in line and try and figure out what was going on because she wasn't, she wasn't really doing much of use. She was just kind of panicking. I think if I had chosen to not be as responsive or if I had chosen to just be scared in the dream, I feel like I probably wouldn't have made it back to that cabin or I wouldn't have, I, I don't know, I feel like bad things would have happened to all of us. I guess the reason that I felt like I was different in this situation or why I had to step up and because I had different skills than my mom I I mean it's probably similar to in real life like I feel like I've gotten more of a sense of like not necessarily street smarts but like more practical skills from my dad some of that sense of responsibility came from like skills that I feel like my dad imparted to me as I was growing up but also I think it was very acute in that moment because my dad had just you know been been killed and so we were left without that that sort of you know patriarchal presence of like someone who would make decisions and protect us and I felt like okay well if my mom's not up to the task like I'll try <laughs> you know not not necessarily that I felt like entirely capable or prepared for that, but I was like, well, someone has to. And I felt like no one else would. So I just felt like it fell to me. I don't know if the women or the girls in the dream are perceived as a threat and that's why they're being killed. I, I mean, like internally, in terms of like what's going on in the world with sexism and you know what has been going on for centuries I do feel like at its core um men do perceive women as a threat and you know there's a lot of historical evidence to support that through with like the burning of witches and the prevention of you know women gathering together and obviously women being able to vote and to to be in the workforce and be you know, thought of as valid members of society. Like, I do think that a lot of that stems from men seeing women's power as a threat. And I think in terms of 
men moving away from this um, pattern of toxic masculinity and moving more towards you know emotional intelligence and vulnerability like I think I think that can be very scary for men and they it's so ingrained in so many men to just be tough and to not pay attention to their feelings that when they are faced with this notion of someone who can look at their feelings and you know talk to them and be open about them and address their feelings in a more productive manner I think that I, I think absolutely men see that as a threat in terms of the dynamics that played out in the dream or the roles of men and women like I think I can relate to the feeling of like abandonment by the father figure because I I don't feel you know I feel emotionally abandoned by my father in real life and so I feel like that was sort of a clear parallel to to my real life you know I've had to learn how to take care of my own emotions and to like I mean he's my dad is, in real life has been a good provider and like he's been you know on paper a good dad but in a more modern sense he's very you know he's very out of touch with the emotional realm um and very incapable of offering any support on that front I feel so unsafe around him emotionally that I just don't normally open up to him and I've tried to tell him that and I've tried to make him understand that I feel you know victimized by him and highly critiqued by him and attacked by him often because whenever I present any sort of emotional vulnerability around him he somehow takes it personally and makes it about him and gets defensive when in reality I just want him to understand me and to to hear me and he seems so entirely incapable of of providing any support when I'm not doing well so yeah that that feeling of like abandonment and like okay I have to take care of myself and other people too you know, um, that is a parallel for sure. When I first had the dream and sort of interpreted it on my own, I felt very much like, yep, that's because, you know, I feel abandoned by my father and I always have. But now that I've thought about the sort of the role that I had to take on and why I felt prepared to do that like it has made me appreciate the the skills that my dad has given me you know rather than just what I feel there's a lack of maybe he isn't all that capable of emotional support but he's really quite good at at other types of support and he you know that's what he knows and and that's how he shows love I suppose Another thing that I had sort of 
reflected on after I had the dream was this actually happened the night so I had this dream the night before my dad and I in real life had a really big fight and so I almost feel like it was like I don't know my dad and I have this pattern of like fighting and then when you know when things get heated I just sort of shut down and I'm like well I don't ever want to talk to him again you know like I just sort of push him away and I feel like this was like a premonition that like because I feel so abandoned by him emotionally that I'm like well I should just give up like why do I even try and I think that the moment in the dream where I realized that he was dead and couldn't help me and I then gave up on trying to help him I feel like it was sort of a mirror of that so I do feel like my sense of power as like an emotional woman has been dampened by my by my dad's you know demeanor I guess and I think particularly right now it feels quite heavy for me because I've been living with them living with my living with my parents in this like COVID era and I was I had been propelled so far along a spiritual journey just prior to this because I was traveling in India and I was very much feeling free and powerful and like you know like I was really making great strides in my progress as a woman and as a you know a spiritual person and then having to stay with my parents and live under my dad's thumb again so to speak has been the contrast has been very stark and I do feel like it's set me back um, and I mean it's also just a different way of healing you know now I'm healing more of these like childhood wounds and you know I'm, I think it's still been good because I'm still addressing things but I do feel like it's sort of diverted me from my from the path that I would actually like to be on and that I feel like I was doing so well on prior to this I think that my maybe my dad's inability to you know be more vulnerable and and be more in touch with his emotions probably stems from the fact that his dad died when he was quite young my dad was 12 when his father passed away and so my dad had to step up and be the head of his family actually he had three siblings who were younger than him who he had to take care of I think it could be a window into why, into his experience as a young, a young person and why he's maybe not that emotionally connected. Dream Logic is made by me, Elias Campbell, and Sean Sutherland, with producer Victoria Hoare. Additional production on this episode by Shaley Dubois. Original score by Sean Sutherland. Cover art by Stephen McLaughlin. Special thanks to this week's guest, Stephanie. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DreamLogic Show. 
If you have a dream you'd like to share, email us at dreamlogicpod at gmail.com. If you want to support the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share the show with a friend. You can also make a donation via our website, dreamlogicpodcast.com, which will help us continue to make the show. Thanks for listening.